Nothing happening here What it is ain't exactly clear Welcome on back to the Welcome on pods. back, everybody. <laughs> We're going to do this again. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. I'm Mr. Leesman. And I am Mr. King. And this and, is Founding Pothers. Yeah. yeah. So today's episode is brought to you by, you should probably just get Disney Plus for like at this point. Right. Like, Hamilton's on there. It's pretty good. We've yeah. talked about the dude a couple of times, but a lot of the stuff we talk about today is pretty relevant uh, and you'll you'll see it in that actual play. Right. And listen, at the end of the day, like, so Mr. King, like you and I have both seen it on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, not to brag, because I know so many people have not, but like, I have to say, like, I thoroughly enjoyed it on oh. Disney+. Plus. Oh, I thought they did an excellent job. Right. Like, I actually think I, I almost enjoyed it more because like, they make you focus in on the important parts. Like when you're on Broadway, it's like kind of like on Broadway, at least like you're it's watching you. it, but like you can, yeah, you can easily miss a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially like um, little details here and there. Right. And there was, there were some things that when I was watching it on Disney plus, I was like, I don't remember that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was, plus it was so long ago that I saw it, that it was just kind of like, I got to see it all over again for the first time. So it was nice. Plus, Plus, you can pause it and go to the bathroom. Right. Like it- right. I did not have – I. the one thing I thought was crazy, though, is that they, like, did that little section, the intermission, where they were like, this oh, is yeah. an intermission. I was just like – like, the wife and I were, like, watching it and we're like, they could have just, like, kept it going. Like, Yeah. But well, they, like, they probably did it for, like, the theatrical approach to it. But, right, yeah. right. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about Thomas oh. Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton in the ring cage match ding ding yeah, and then we're like, gonna yeah we're gonna it, we're gonna we actually talk about a lot in this episode yeah like, and and then we're gonna transition over to uh, the second president of the united states uh, john adams and his administration yeah and then we kind so. of even end on like john marshall and like how his court um and how like when he's on the on the supreme court how it kind of like sets the stage for a lot of important things yeah, so we'll try and burn through a couple of these things with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll try and make it fun. But anyway, without further ado, Jefferson uh, versus Hamilton. All right, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so today we have to go backwards to go forwards. Uh, so we briefly talked about the Federalists versus Anti-Federalists, and then the battles between Jefferson and uh, Hamilton. Right. So. so I mean, since we, I mean. By the time Washington was in office, two political parties rose out uh, of the ashes of the Constitutional Convention. So you have the Federalists versus Anti-Federalists, but like we've said before, Anti-Federalists doesn't have that zing that makes people want to join it and become a political yeah. party. So they kind of changed their name to the Democratic Republicans. Um, and then you have the Federalists. They were like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? So they were right. like, that's good enough to be a political party. So they kind of like keep that name. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually kind of a cool name, but anyway. Listen, yeah. When one of the Federalists. When, right. I mean, when the Federalists, I feel like we should bring that party back. Like, you know, when the, the Republicans eventually die out because, like, that party is going to probably go. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Or the Democrats. For, uh, any, uh, any of them. I'm all for know. a comet. Listen. Asteroid to come. Yeah. yeah the, the next round of political parties, we should bring back Federalists. And I vote we should bring back the Whigs. That's, like, I think we should. I vote we bring party. bring back some of the founding fathers. Ooh, just, just like reanimate them, reanimate yeah. their corpses. Yeah, let's bring back some like some important key figures. Let them see what they've missed. And John just... Quincy Adams, hands down. Like <laughs> that's the first. Besides George Washington or like Alexander Hamilton, because I'm sure a lot of people want to bring him back. I vote we bring back like John Quincy Adams, hands down. I'm gonna love when we do that episode. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's an interesting I'm a big one. fan of John Quincy Adams just because I think the man himself, political parties and political stuff aside, the man himself is like a wonder to behold. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, we will talk about it. Him for sure. Right. So you're Federalists, so you're Alexander Hamilton, you're John Jay, you're John Adams, you're John Marshall. Right. The John Clark. Tax. Right. Um, Three Johns and an Alex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so your Democratic Republicans are Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe. So two James and a Tommy. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, now what did they believe? Let's kind of like break it down. Um, so your Federalists, they wanted a basically their name. They they wanted a strong federal government. It's kind of like what it they call it like it is. Um, they wanted more of a loose interpretation of the Constitution. So even though the ink was still drying on the document, they're like, listen, we left a lot of things out. We can kind of, like, read between the lines. So, like, <laughs> we can figure this out. Like, it'll be right. fine. And um, we'll actually go more into, like, the loose versus strict interpretation a little yeah. bit more when we talk about Thomas Jefferson also because that comes yeah. up. Yes. But um but yeah so they also supported that national bank like it was i mean after all it was hamilton's idea so like that makes sense yeah um they were if you were to like pick a part of the country that was like the most aligned with the federalists uh it's your urban bankers your businessmen and your kind of like your upper wealthier upper class there are yeah, more so we're like talking those. northeast mega city people new york boston yeah right right uh, out of like so at this point the United States had to pick like British or French because those are the two world powers that are on top those are the ones that were constantly going yeah, to war. who's going to be our best friend right so the they, the Federalists were more pro British right uh, they felt that they had more to offer um, well we were more culturally like aligned to them also also uh, agreed yeah um and the federalists also favored protective tariffs for businesses to make american businesses more uh competitive in the world market or even just the local markets um and they had more of an emphasis on manufacturing and trade that's right on the opposite side of the coin you have the democratic republicans and they wanted more power for states and local governments so Mm -hmm. again the very opposite of the Federalists. Right. Democratic Republicans also called for a strict interpretation of the Constitution. This basically meant that they wanted like strict guidelines for the government to follow so that no one could break rules, no one could, you know, like fudge anything up, take it mm-hmm. take advantage of power. Um, they opposed the National Bank wanted the money right. to be controlled by the states, which uh, this was a, a very big Thomas Jefferson thing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the uh, a lot of people that supported the Democratic Republicans, these would be like your farmers, your your workers, your middle slash lower class people. Um, so like the, your everyday, you know, like every, your average yeah. Joe. Right. Um, the Democratic Republicans are also pro French. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably again a, a Thomas Jefferson thing. Uh, he lo- he loved the French for sure. Oh um, yeah. He opposed the protective tariffs. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it had to do with the fact that it would make things more expensive for like the materials that farmers needed. Yeah. Um, so they opposed that, and uh, there was a huge emphasis on agriculture, thinking that agriculture would be was I mean it was the backbone 
of the country at this point. I mean, even now, it's still is like you can't do anything if there's like you know no farming. Yeah, I mean, you got to feed the people. Right, right. right. Um, and so we've talked about this in both sides, pro and anti-national bank, um, and we've kind of talked about this. I feel like we've probably talked about this before, but like at the end of the day, Hamilton had come up with the financial plan for the United States. He was like, hey, listen, especially being the first secretary of the treasury, he's like, hey. Here's the deal. Right. National Bank, we need a way to control the money. Uh, we need to control the money supply. No more of this like, nonsense with a New York dollar or Virginia dollar or whatever. We need a U.S. dollar. We need a central like a central focus on crushing this debt. Um, and we need to you know, like have a strong economy. And this is how we're going to do it. Right. Uh, Jefferson thought that if the United States had a central bank, the rest of the nation would be held hostage by the bankers in the north. I mean, which, probably not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but think I about mean, what I mean, right? Like we we both have mortgages on our homes. We're basically at the whims of the bank <laughs> for the next thirty years. You know, yeah. So. Listen, I, yeah, a hundred percent. Unless I win the lottery, and then I'm right. paying that house off. Right. Sayonara. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so there again, we've talked about the idea of compromise. So in order to kind of like, listen, basically the government and Congress and the Democratic Republicans and the Federalists said, listen, fine, we'll agree to the plan. You get the bank, you but, get your bank, we get your bank, but there's something we want. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so, a big one. Oh, it's a, it is a huge one. Yeah. Uh, the bank was approved and placed in Philadelphia. So, and then essentially what happened was we're like, no more of this willy nilly. The capital's here one year; it's over here the next. Like, none of this moving. We're gonna cement the U.S. capital, um, the political capital of the United States, and it's gonna be on the banks of the Potomac. So, yeah, which is now Washington D.C. That's why if you go to Washington, D.C. during the summer, it is hot and moist. It is. Oh, yeah. Because it was a swamp. Like, the, it was. The drain the swamp is real. Like, it's literally. <laughs> they, they put it on a swamp. Like, they literally drained a swamp and then it, put cement down. That's, exactly. Um, and so, essentially, what happens is they're like, listen, here's what we're going to do. The economic capital of the United States will be in Philadelphia, closer to the north. The political capital is going to be closer to the south with washington dc basically like in virginia and they carve out a piece of virginia and piece of maryland it's like hey here it is here's your political capital washington dc which was a district a political district but now it turns out might actually become a state who knows yeah find out i mean definitely not next time but i don't know (laughs) yeah no that's not going to be ironed out by the time this episode comes out like we got we got a few years like you know what i have an idea when that we'll 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 do an episode on it when it happens oh sure anyway jefferson and hamilton even differed when it came to the french versus the british right so hamilton felt that we needed to stay neutral when it came to the french revolution we didn't have the resources to fight another war a lot of people felt that we should help the french because the french helped us during our revolution yes Uh, but hamilton felt that the british were better suited to be allies so if we help the french we kind of write off the british so Mm -hmm. he was not very happy with that idea right because even while this is going on like even while the french revolution is going on the french are also fighting the british like it was like kind of one it's like coming from all sides yeah uh, i mean right the french get a lot of like hate and we joke about the french a lot but they're actually a relatively strong country like <laughs> right they fought right. themselves and other people at the same time and basically won both you know like yeah yeah and it's like depending on how like you want to declare a civil war but it's like sometimes it be your own like while you're right. fighting off like somebody else so jefferson right. who's secretary 
Secretary of State and Ambassador to France at one point. Like he was the Ambassador to France when the country first started. That translated into him becoming the Secretary of State. Was a big fan of the French. Like he'd spent many a day in France, uh, in in Pali, uh, just like chilling, doing what the whatever the French were up to. Um, but he also kind of agreed. He's like, listen, we don't want to catch that smoke. Uh, uh, he was like, kind of like, listen, totes agree. We don't have the resources to fight a war. Like, we can't do that right now. But maybe we should, like, side with the French. Like, they they had our back. We can at least, like, trade with them and give them cash and, like, get and like buy from them. But, like, maybe give them some money when we have it. But, like, we right. need to pick them over the British. Right, and that obviously caused a lot of problems. But that's basically like Hamilton and Jefferson in a nutshell. Yeah, that was their fight. I mean, they, they, they. This is not the end of the battle between these two. Um, but like, essentially, they were like the figureheads for the Democratic Republicans and the Federalists. Like, they were. Um, we use their battle to like signify the battle between the two parties. Right. Um, and so, like we talked eventually what's his face is going to leave washington's going to leave um but i mean let's talk about some john adams so like yeah so john adams becomes the next president right i mean so here's what happens to kind of like background him into like slowly wean him into the mix while all these battles for like pro-french pro-british uh you know bank versus not bank capital here capital there all of this is going on while I, if you've seen hamilton like the cabinet battles all of this is going on in the in washington's cabinet like they're having these fights um you know who wasn't there john adams that's correct yeah uh he was just waiting around being the vice president so right i mean there wasn't much like we mentioned there's not much for the president to do in the early like days of the country forget about the vp he literally had to go find his own work to keep himself busy Um, And so he actually used his constitutional power to be the president of the Senate. Like he was like, uh, he, he actually like did his job to the max. Like he like was like, listen, I know my job is to basically just break ties and be like the president and kind of of the Senate and kind of like make sure things go according to plan. But like he actually like participated in moderated debates while he was president of the Senate. Yeah. I mean, again, you got to keep yourself busy, right? So, right. Uh, when Washington announced that he wasn't even running for another election, Adams saw his chance to uh, shine, but Jeff- uh, Thomas Jefferson also did. So they're going to fight it out. Oh, and they fight it out they did. It was a brutal election. It was super bitter, um, and it ruined a really good friendship. Like, they were besties, um, even though they didn't see eye to eye politically. Like, they, they had a good friendship. They were they were, they were homies. Uh, but they went from being super close friends, almost brothers, to just straight-out enemies. And they didn't talk yeah. for decades. And that's what politics will do to you, right? Right. I mean, even if you're not involved in politics, like you say one thing out loud and another person doesn't like what you say, like that could ruin a friendship. Look at Goya right now, Mr. King. I mean, oh, like, yeah. the CEO of Goya says one thing about Trump and now there are millions of people being like, I'm We're throwing not buying your beans anymore. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to throw out my adobo. <laughs> like, right. like, like they literally were. They dug themselves into quite a hole just now. Right. Um, And then there are other people that are like, I'm only buying a Goya beans. Like, I'm going to find out what these spices are about. Like, no more more boiled chicken for me. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, John Adams would become the second president and Jefferson would become the vice president. Because back then, if you lost the presidential election, 
the, the second place runner up would be the vice president. Right. And it was actually this election that really pushed through that made them realize that the 12th amendment was going to be needed. Uh, and that basically said that like, all right, so instead of the, the runner-up in the election being the vice president, the 12th Amendment said, all right, no more of that. When you vote for president, you're also voting for vice president. Yeah. Like, they, they ended that, and then, um, you know, it became, like, the loser just lost. Like, like yeah, they just go home. So, right. Yeah. Um, now, there's not much with the the Adams presidency to go over. Like some presidents yeah. have a lot going on, some don't. Uh really the only thing you want to talk about with the French uh I'm sorry, with the Adams presidency is the XYZ affair. Which involves the French. But the XYZ right. affair, I when I was in high school I had the hardest time to like mm-hmm. getting in my brain. I think it's because it was called the XYZ affair. But like but I, the whole time I'm learning about it I'm like, but why XYZ? And it's just as simple as the three French dudes just rena- uh, were, remained um, nameless. Like, nameless throughout right. the entire thing, and that's why. Right, and so I think I like, had trouble. I had trouble understanding it because you had this, and also in Washington's presidency, there was like the like the Citizen Genet affair, okay, like sure. also, also with the French. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I had trouble like wrapping my head around both of those. Like I would mix them up. Um, but, but I guess let's. Yeah, yeah so let's, let's break down the XYZ affair. Right. So, like, Adams took over, and because he was very much, like, aligned and, and buddies with Washington and looked up to Washington, he continued a lot of things. Even, like, when he was president of the Senate, like, when he was VP, like, he argued in whether or not he agreed. He, like, listen, Washington wants this. We're going to keep it. And that kind of translated over to his administration. He yeah. continued to put policy neutrality, which pretty much – alienated the french it pissed them off oh yeah Um, absolutely in fact the french began seizing american merchant ships that were bound for britain right so So, oh yeah no obviously not like they're losing their own boats to like the (laughs) the french um so adams decided to send a three-man team to paris to try to ease tensions Um, how'd that go not well i mean washington tried it as well but that was super unsuccessful adams had very little luck so like it was just kind of like a doom to fail um so essentially what happened was like the three-man team excuse me showed up and was like hey we want to talk to like basically the french foreign minister their version of the secretary of state like we demand an audience with the french foreign minister and instead of like seeing him uh they were told listen we have a message for you pay us a bribe and give us a loan and then like totes we'll do whatever you want uh and that three-man team just laughed at them we're like <laughs> no <laughs> like yeah. absolutely not like this is yeah. ridiculous you can shove that up your and <laughs> they come back to the united states right right so, so they come back to the united states with that that information and like it basically started calls for war they were like we're gonna fight the freaking french like like who do they think they are those yeah croissant eating um and so i do from out there you're right <laughs> right and since the u.s was unable to really fight a war adam started calling for defenses just because he knew that like eventually the united states was gonna have to fight somebody right um, and, and because, because of, eventually we do love to fight people so <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and here and and you know it quickly happens the united states um so because of Adams's calls for, for more defenses, we actually start building a, an official navy. Like we had one, but like he starts bolstering it and making it stronger. And because right. of this, he's known as the father of the navy. 
Right, and this is probably one of the most important. This uh, side, you know, side note of the X Y Z affair, but mm-hmm. this is probably a, a nice fact to know about John Adams. Is he's the father of the Navy. He's Bam. daddy, daddy boat, <laughs> daddy of the boats. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So once, once ships the ships were, are ready, yeah, the U.S. engaged with known as the Quasi War. Now, Mister King, oh, what is the Quasi War? Uh, this was a non-declared war between the United States and French uh, that ended the alliance that was signed during the revolution. So it, oh, as yeah. a just a quick run back during the, the, the American revolution, the French and what eventually becomes the United States sign a, a treaty or like an agreement an alliance. Uh, and then the quasi war breaks that alliance. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So, so now it's, a, it's the quasi war is not really a war, but it is a war, but it's not a war. Right. And so like, even though we end the alliance, like essentially we still kind of remain friendly with the French. They're like, listen, we just need to draw up new terms. Like we throw out the old treaty and we eventually like figure it out with the French. But, uh, um, yeah. which I guess is, uh, it's not a bad thing, but no, but I mean like the old, like you need to come to our defense because we came to yours. It, it gets thrown out and we're like, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Um, but which I'm sure Adam saw as a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I probably would. Uh, so before before all of this happened, before we fought the quasi war, before you know, once we figure out about this bribe, like things weren't you know on the home front, we were kind of getting some of this information, uh, and and the threat of war hung in the air, yeah. kind of like low tide on a humid day. Oh, let me tell you, sometimes you get a there's some there's some bogs around here, some swamps. Oh yeah. You get on a humid day. Low I was tide. I was rigid, I I was just gonna kind of drum up that old saying like the a uh, fart on a hot day or like a yeah. uh, it go, went over like a fart in a hot room just because like especially like heat and humidity carries scents, yeah, like, smells carries it more and it just like hangs. man. I bet it smells outside right now too. It's a beautiful day, but I bet it smells right. But anyway. As the tensions grew, the Federalists grew weary of France's influence on the Democratic Republican Party. Because you have to remember, Thomas Jefferson, big fan. Of big the fan of the French. Like, huge. Um, so, what do they do? Uh, so, they the Federalist Congress, because they were the majority party at this point, uh, called, called into session, created a series of laws called the Alien and Sedition Acts. Uh-oh. It was a series of laws. It wasn't just, like, this Alien and Sedition Acts. There was, like, several laws that were thrown yeah. together in this, like... Well, it's it's one of those things where, like, it's easier to, like, as a teacher to just be like, yeah, it's just the Alien and Sedition Acts. Anyway, right. you know, but, like, they really <laughs> yeah. are... You just gotta know are, the Alien and Sedition Acts. Just know them, they, live them, love there them. Are, there are a few things... Well, maybe not love them, but there are a few <laughs> things that go into these uh, acts here. So let's talk, the first thing I want to talk about is the Naturalization Act. Mm-hmm. So this increased the residency requirement from five years to 14 years before you could actually become a U.S. citizen. Yeah, I mean... This was basically to prevent any, like, newcomers to from becoming citizens. Right, because, like, I guess, like, Adams and the Federalists thought, like, oh, well, people from Britain or France are going to start showing up on our shores and, like, eventually, like, turn the tide of, like, the political sentiment to, like, want to go to fight. Um, Which I think today it's back down to five, I think. Probably. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah. I don't think it's 14. No. Um, But at that time it, it was... Right. They just wanted to, like, ramp it up for a while just to, like, kind of, like, stop people from, like, I don't know. Coming over, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically showing up. Uh, The next one was the Alien Enemies Act, and it gave the government the ability to arrest and deport all male citizens of an enemy nation in the event of war. 
Yeah, that's quite the broad statement, right? Right. Any male right. citizens of an enemy nation in the event of war. So, I mean, like, I mean, especially, like, at this point, we're kind of thinking France. So, like, any French male uh, that is uh, French is, like, heard that the enemy Alien Enemies Act went through, and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it was not a, not a... Yeah, well, they're like, what's the opposite of wee-wee? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, I cannot say wee-wee. How about cheerio? Like, they're, like, <laughs> like, perfecting a British accent. Um, uh, even more confusingly, confusingly, there's the Alien Friends Act, right. uh, which allowed the president to deport any non-citizen suspected of plotting against the government, even in peacetime. Right. Another so, broad statement. Right, so he was just w- trying to find people a throw out the door like right basically what we're saying here, is, like, we're watching people's rights that we were just given in the, right. in the constitution in the in the bill of rights uh they're they're now being basically suspended yeah uh and so guess what we're, we're gonna find one more law that that kind of suspends more, a lot more rights and it's the sedition act and have right. basically outlawed any false, scandalous, or malicious writing against Congress or the president. That's your First Amendment. Right. That literally goes against the Constitution. Right. Literally. But so how did that law go through, you ask? I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, the answer to that question, Mr. Leesman, would be that uh, judicial review was not established yet. So literally, ah, the, no one ah, had the power yeah. to say, wait a minute. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which like we kind of like now think like, but wait a second, that literally goes against the Constitution. How did that happen? Oh, that's because the only person that could say no didn't have the ability to do that yet. Like, like it, that, that like, power didn't exist. Right. No one. And it's actually the because Court of these that. things. It's because of these things that the, the Supreme Court starts getting the idea of like, well, maybe we should step up to the plate. You know, like, right, right. Um, and here's a crazy part. Between 1789 and 1801, um, I think that's the right numbers. 1789, 26 people were prosecuted under the uh, Sedition Acts. Hmm. So, like, from when the Constitution took place to, like, the end of that, that law, 26 people were prosecuted under the uh, Sedition Acts. All of them were outspoken critics of the Adams administration. Right. And the outrage of these laws fueled the debate and was part of the reason that the 1800 election was just as bitter as the last. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. um... This so is kind of like John Adams' downfall. Right. So John Adams is president, running for re-election. His VP, uh, Thomas Jefferson, who, even though they're friends, they're now kind of enemies. And basically everything that Adams does, Jefferson's like, this is a terrible idea, bud. Like, do you realize how dumb you're being right now? Um, so election comes up and Jefferson sees this as his time to shine. Uh, and he takes it. He yeah. wins the election, and then by 1802, he just let all of these laws expire or actively right. seeks out to repeal some. Uh, except for the Alien Enemies Act. Yeah, no, that one stayed on the books. Alien right. Enemies Act. You know, that's a great question. I want to see when that ended, because I think it's one of those things that ended the, like, it ended in, like, the 1900s. Yeah, I don't know. When people make laws, they like they make these like weird dates. Mm-hmm. It, like for example, like with Panama Canal and stuff too. Like I don't know, but like it's just odd that they pick certain dates. I don't right. know. But right. um, let's let's transition over. The last thing I want to talk about Shit today, is, yeah, is uh, the Marshall Court, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so uh, knowing that he's out of a job, John Adams does some quick maths. Ooh, quick maths. Two plus two four. 
Yeah, that's right. So yeah, uh, so he signs the Judiciary Act of eighteen oh one and was able to like sneak in some more judges onto onto the courts. Right. Um. So he goes ahead and nominates a guy named John Marshall to the court and was confirmed by the Senate. So yeah. he's so John Marshall is now on the Supreme Court. Marshall was a Federalist uh, and he supported the federal powers. So he was also the longest serving Chief Justice we've ever had. Yeah, thirty four I mean, years. That's impressive. That is yeah. super impressive. Um, and so he had some of the biggest cases to rule on. And the first one, we're going to talk about more of them later as they come up. But we're just going to talk about the the first one. And that's Marbury, Marbury versus Madison. Literally probably going to be question number seven on your uh, New York State Regents exam. But. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously. Um, and that's because in the last few days of the Adams administration, he appoints hella judges because he right. has the power to under the uh, Judiciary Act 1801. He appoints them. But it's literally like on the last days. Like last he's second. literally leaving the White House. The clock is ticking. And he's signing. Like the ink, like Jefferson is taking the oath, and the ink on some of these appointments is still drying. Right. One um, of these guys that was being appointed is William Marbury. Right. Uh, when Adams left, it became Jefferson's Secretary of State, uh, James Madison's job to issue Marbury's commission. Mm-hmm. So here's a problem. Okay. Madison and Jefferson were Democratic Republicans, which means they didn't want Federalist judges on the bench because this no. would cause a conflict with their power, right? Yeah. So Madison refuses to hand out the commission. Yeah, he's like, I'm not just, I'm not going to do it. Like, right. We I didn't just, give it. Right. Uh, so this is where the the name Marbury versus Madison comes from. So Marbury mm-hmm. is pissed at Madison. So. Yeah. He decides that he wants his job as a judge, um, and he pleads to the Supreme Court. He's like, "Hey, hey, hey! Someone got some. Can someone? Can I speak to a manager?" Like he's like he's trying to figure this out, and he's like, "Listen, I was given a job. I was told I got a job, and now you're telling me I don't have the job. Like, can someone just clear this up?" Yeah. Um, and so Marshall is like, "Listen, all right, fine. Well, listen, plead your case." Uh, and so they hear his case and realize it's not the job of the Supreme Court to deal with this like they're like right. hey i don't care like go to a lower court it's not my exactly. problem exactly and, and that's like the crazy part is because like the whole argument in this case like we now think of it as like a judicial review case it really came to be like whose job is it to hear like certain cases well it established judiciary powers essentially right. like it, it it gave the pecking order of the courts like yes. again i think in one of the previous episodes i said if you steal a snickers bar you're not going to the Supreme Court. No. And that's what this was. Like, this was just a, a bickering debate and argument. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're not going to spend taxpayer dollars on your nonsense. Like, get out of here. Right. Go go to, like, uh, what's it called? Like, a, a public court or whatever. Right. And so this – and so Marshall decides, figures out, like, whose job it is. And on top of that, he's like, hey, why don't we just have the ability to, to – like, our main job needs to be to determine – who like whether or not laws are unconstitutional or if they're constitutional like that's what we should be spending our time on um and that is literally known as judicial review right and it's the Um, biggest power that they have right and in fact it was a unanimous decision uh written by justice marshall that the court Mm -hmm. stated that marbury indeed had a right to his commission so but he never he never does become a judge they've He's like, you know what? I'll stick to business. Well, the issue was that it was also determined that the Judiciary Act that Adams created uh, was actually unconstitutional. Right. So, um, it, so here's the thing. It This is kind of why Marbury doesn't get the job, right? So mm-hmm. uh, he had a right to his commission, but the act itself was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like 
what creates the idea of judicial review. Yeah. That I don't have time to hear your nonsense. Give him the <laughs> yeah. job. Like right. he has the right to the job, just like anybody else. Yeah. However, it is against the constitution, the law that appointed him. Mm-hmm. So, so do what you want with that information. John Marshall out. And he's just like, that's, that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah. Um, and so the, here's the crazy part. So like, and, and this doesn't have to do with Marbury versus Madison. This is just like early Supreme Court history. And, you know, being a history podcast, this is probably the best place for me to tell this story. Um, the first Supreme Court. So there was a, I believe there was probably a Supreme Court building. But anywho, when the Capitol building was built, the original like Supreme Court actually took place in the Capitol building. Hmm. Um, and so you guys, if you're all, any of anybody listening, you too, Mr. King, if you ever go to Washington, D.C., I highly, highly recommend you take a tour of the Capitol, like the old Capitol building, not like the, sure. the current, obviously you need like congression, you need to like talk to your congressperson to go see the current halls of Congress. But if you want, you can't just like, hey, I'm here to see everything. Right, it's a matter of national security. (laughs) But if you want to see the old Capitol building, you can, and it might be free. Um, A lot of the things are free. Yeah, so you can go and see it because it still exists. Bring your student ID; you might get a discount. Right. Um, I forgot. Like my brother was the one that actually uh, set up the tour, I believe. Him or because I remember we went to DC recently, and and we kind of like set that up. We like took a couple tours, um, and that was one of them. You saw the old Capitol building. You got to see the original House of Representatives. You got to see the original Senate. Uh, you got to see the original Supreme Court building, like the Supreme Court room. Um, and let me tell you, kind of cool, um, because it not only is it in the in the building in the Capitol building, but that's like that's where Marbury versus Madison might have been disca- uh, argued. It's where Our like Dred Scott, was created here. yeah, Dred Scott, like a lot of these like early like court cases still um, took place there. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's a lot of history. And they still have like b- where you would ha- the, the justices would hang their robes. It's still <laughs> the Supreme Court, like the last Supreme Court that argued in that building in that room. Like you have their nameplates above it, so you got to see like some of their names. And I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, literally stuck in time. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, it was super dope. I highly recommend going to see that. Um, sure. And then yeah, so that's that. That's it. Yeah. That's Marshall Court. That's the so- administration. That's Jefferson versus Hamilton. Yeah, so I guess like in a, in a summary bubble, right? Like, so Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton hate each other. Thomas mm-hmm. Jefferson and, uh, is an anti-federalist Democratic Republican, wants stronger state uh, powers. Mm-hmm. Hamilton is a federalist; he wants stronger federal powers. Uh, John Adams doesn't really do much, but the X Y Z affair. Oh, he's the father of boats, so that's cool. The the father of the navy. Yeah. Um, but the XYZ affair created a little bit of a debacle, but everything's okay. Don't worry about it. And the Marshall Court. What you need to know is Marbury versus Madison and judicial review. Yeah. The ability to determine if laws are constitutional or not. Covered a lot. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. All right, Can't guys. wait to see what uh, the, the name of this episode is. Yeah, I'm gonna we'll we'll work some magic on it. Yeah. Maybe we could do like just the dates. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um But anyway. Jeff versus Ham. Jeff yeah. and Adams. Jeff versus Hand versus Adams versus Marshall. Yeah, sure. Why not? Something like that. We'll figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. Read, read 
Find out what we wound up naming this. I'll tell you what, though. Enjoy the song. Oh, yeah. Thank you.